Welcome to Exvangelical. I'm your host, Mark West. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about a time that my anxiety made a jabroni out of me. And, and it was recently, uh, as recent as uh, this winter, when a crazy once-in-a-century cold snap and snowstorm left me reeling. I was very concerned about us keeping power and about making sure my family was taken care of and and provided for. I was anxious about all those things. Um, And and a lot of it was driven by uh, looking at social media. Social media can create a lot of anxiety for us. Uh, I was looking at, at Twitter and a lot of the disastrous things that were happening in Texas at that time and and was very, very concerned about those same things happening here. And 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 maybe it worked a little bit. Maybe that's the reason that that it wound up not being as bad in our state is maybe we saw what was going on in Texas and, and we responded by taking appropriate measures to keep from maxing out the power grid. Uh, who knows? Uh, I just know that for me it was a I consider it a failure. I do believe I learned some things from that failure, and and I talk about those things in the article. I talk about um, how we can better deal with anxiety. Um, I lay out some things from Scripture, but uh, the principles apply whether you're a religious person or not. Um, you, You can still find peace in the midst of your anxiety. And that's what I hope to do uh, in the podcast today as you listen to me read through the article. Uh, The episode is That's Me in the Corner, My Anxiety Made a Jabroni Out of Me. Um, The next thing that you'll hear is me reading uh, that blog post, and then I'll come back on the back end and and we'll discuss failure um, and and what failure does to us and, and how we can adapt and uh, change with a different view of failure. So um, for right now, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll get into the into my reading of the podcast. Welcome back. Uh, let's get into the article uh, titled, That's Me in the Corner, My Anxiety Made a Jabroni Out of Me. He was the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. He would probably still claim that he is. He may also be running for president at some point. Who knows? In the late 90s, as I completed my college degree at Arkansas State University, I was a wrestling fan. Well, in these parts, it's known by a slightly different name. Wrestling. I would flip between WCW and WWF events on television. I was electrified by his charisma and banter. I didn't need a storyline. I could always smell what The Rock was cooking. He was fun and hilarious to watch and helped get my mind off working full-time to pay my way through college as a full-time student. And when he would cock his people's eyebrow just prior to unleashing the people's elbow... I would jump up from my couch in delight in my two-bedroom married student house with a cool tile floor and a window heat and air unit with squirrels occasionally taking up residence in the attic. He was, and still is, my favorite wrestler. However, I give a solid nod to Sting, Hogan, and Goldberg as well. 
The Rock thrived on laying the smack down on jabronis. I mention this because my anxiety recently smacked me around like a jabroni. Looking back, I can see the things I did wrong that cost me that battle. I'm talking today about those things and how I could have handled it right. Fight or flight. My understanding of my own anxiety starts with this basic premise. It is an exaggerated form of that choice. Anxiety makes every situation in which I feel trapped as though I've got to fight or flee in order to survive. So when did this choice gain such a footing for me recently? How about a once-in-a-century cold blast coupled with apocalyptical levels of snowfall? The situation was so bad and widespread that several states were impacted, not just my local community. We were under the threat nightly of power outages and even had some brief rolling outages in the area as our power systems were maxed out. My company works in the power industry, performing repair and maintenance on power plants. I knew that with these facilities being maxed out that it would only take a couple of critical failures to plunge millions across the nation into a cold, dark storm. I could see on my Twitter feed how bad things were in parts of Texas and was highly concerned about the same in our neck of the woods. Fortunately, my job could be done from home, so I worked remotely, using as little power as possible. I was praying continually that God would help us through what was becoming a nightmare. However, my mind was laying the smack down on me setting up the people's elbow that dropped when I discovered both a leak in a drain pipe in my crawl space and a frozen water line in the attic. Crap! Well, that's the cleaned up version. Anyway, our family of four, that includes two teens, was restricted to one bathroom while waiting for the snow to stop falling and for the foot of snow to melt. The leaky drain and frozen pipe, or frozen line, both impacted the master bathroom. Fortunately, I was able to safely thaw the overhead line without any issues. I kept a heat lamp on it until we could get some insulation. I crawled under the house and wedged the drain line joint shut. I didn't have any glue. I was a mental wreck. What was going to happen next? I filled every container I had in the house with filtered water. We hung blankets over our windows. We used candlelight. We cooked a week's worth of food one night. But we knew that if we lost power, we lost heat. Because we have only electric heating. My anxiety was playing out every worst case scenario in an escapable disaster loop in my mind. I couldn't get myself to stop and breathe, even though I knew that was the only maneuver of escape at my disposal. We were trapped until the snow stopped and melted. Confined and panicked, the snowpocalypse hit me with the people's elbow. I was down for the pin. One, two, three. Ding, 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 ding. Why is it that admitting our failures is the most difficult thing? 
Those admissions arrive with built-in mental and emotional torment. We can feel the judgment of others cascading down upon us as we share. Talking about this now, I feel weak and ashamed. Unworthy to call myself a man. Yet, I draw strength from knowing that I'm not alone. And that processing this out is healing for myself and others. One of the things I did do correctly was, well, work. I realize that sounds strange, but as I was focused on my work, I wasn't focused on my predicament. Although in the back of my mind, a a nagging thought remained. Was I wasting necessary time working that should have been spent preparing for all the scenarios plaguing my mind? Okay, I, I got it. I failed. What did I learn about myself? The only true failure is in learning nothing from failure. First, I learned, or more likely was reminded, that my anxiety is triggered by feelings of entrapment. I don't like being trapped. And unfortunately, that, brings, that feeling brings out the worst in me. I recall as a 13-year-old crying myself to sleep after breaking my arm because I couldn't cope with the anxiety of being trapped in a cast. I'm ashamed of this admission. My trap anxiety doesn't always produce negative results. Following my rotator cuff surgery a couple of years ago, having my arm so restrictively bound unleashed my trap anxiety. However, on that occasion, I was able to channel my anxious energy into my recovery and managed to get the arm back to 100% flexibility. Second, I learned that my anxiety put, enjoys putting on a show of restlessness. I couldn't stop pacing, fidgeting, wringing my hands, and just finding busy work to keep moving. I was annoying myself, so I'm sure the fam was irritated by it as well. As a matter of fact, my wife told me to sit down and relax several times. I mean, really, what was I solving in my pacing and hand-wringing? Nothing. I couldn't stay asleep, either. Every little noise would awaken me from my fleeting slumber. Third, and probably the most bothersome, I learned that my drive to protect my family was stuck in overdrive. I couldn't control my mental attempts to solve every worst-case scenario that came into my mind. Protecting and preserving my family became my primary task. I kept replaying the various scenarios rather than just rest. It really is sad that I was completely unable to enjoy the beautiful and peaceful snowfall. Instead of relaxing on the couch, watching the flakes fall, I was pacing and stressed out. As you can see, I failed miserably. I can find very little salvageable about this experience. Now, I'm not saying that the instinctive motivations of fight and flight 
and to provide for and protect my family are wrong. I'm saying that when my entire being is overcome by the anxiety over them, that I'm handling them wrong. So, what could I have done better? For starters, especially coming from a Christ-imbued perspective, I could have just prayed. I know the verse and the promise by heart. It's one I want to share with you guys today. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on Him, because He cares for you. My unwillingness to be humble before God led to an increase in my anxiety. Humility is not natural for me. I want to fix issues. I want to solve problems. My lack of humility kept me from truly casting all of my anxiety on Christ. The concept of casting is something with which I should be quite familiar. As a lifelong baseball fan and aficionado, it should come natural. When you have the baseball, you throw the baseball to the other player. You get rid of the ball. It's no longer in your possession. That's what the scripture calls us to do. Throw it to God like a baseball. Let Him have it and stop being anxious over it. We have to lose possession of our anxiety in order to overcome it. Why? Because He cares. He gives a crap. Now, for the non-religious in my audience, the advice that can be drawn from this is to simply let it go. Let the anxiety end. You don't have to be anxious to solve your problems. Let it go. Let it go. (laughs) Sorry for going Disney on you. I'll stop. However, thinking through this brings me to the reinforcement of this concept in Scripture. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 say, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Again, I should have given my anxiety to God. I should have let it go. I'm not supposed to be anxious about anything. That's the whole that's what the whole nothing word is about. But in order to let it go, often our nature requires us to replace it with something. This verse encourages us to have thanksgiving. What an amazing concept when you really think on it for a moment. What if every time we're anxious, we choose to stop being anxious and shift our focus onto the things that we're happy about and thankful for instead? As a Christian, if I spend a lot of time in Thanksgiving, I recognize my place in the universe. I'm humbled. My anxiety wanes. If you aren't a Christian and don't believe in religious psychobabble, let's try something different. We've already covered step one, let go of your anxiety. Now for step two, focus on the positive things in your life. It's the same concept of giving thanks. 
Anxiety points us toward all of the negatives, so instead, we're going to focus on all of the positives. The great thing is that you can start simple. If you're breathing, that is already a positive. Think about the simple things that you're happy about in your life. Stay focused. Don't let the negative self-talk dominate this exercise. Drawing back to that passage, I can find peace. God's overwhelming and all-surpassing peace will protect my anxiety-drawn heart from the very anxiety with which it is plagued. However, I don't believe that only Christian folks can have peace. I believe you can as well. God designed you and desires that you have peace whether you believe in Christ or not. When anxiety strikes, let it go. Stay positive and relax. Relax? What do I mean relax? The whole point of anxiety is the impossibility of relaxation. True. But the interwebs are swimming with a plethora of techniques to help you get there. Find one that works for you and do it. The next time anxiety has you on the mat, like the rock, and kicks your arm into your side while crossing its arms and cocking its eyebrow, just know that you don't have to remain on the mat waiting for the elbow. You can pick yourself back up. It's not going to be easy, but it's not impossible. I'm not sure what I'm going to talk about next week. I'm praying and meditating over several ideas. Pray for me and keep me in your thoughts. Grace and peace. Welcome back to the Exvangelical Podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed um, the reading of that blog post. Uh, talking about anxiety making a jabroni out of me. Um, you know, it, it does bring me back to my days in college. That was... Uh, that time that my wife and I spent together in that married student house was was so foundational uh, to what our marriage looks like today. Um, there was so much that we grappled with and we went through during that time, but there's so many things that we think back to, whether it's the, the Papa John's cheesy breadsticks that we ate way too many of, or, or my cool summer night sitting in front of the window unit uh, watching St. Louis Cardinals baseball with my IBC root beer in one hand and my uh, ranch-flavored Doritos in the other. Uh, that was a staple of my summer. Um, that's also the place where I had my last drink of alcohol. Um, now, I was never an alcoholic. Um, I did go through a, a several-month stretch where I... Where I did drink. I guess it was about a six months to a year. Uh, I didn't really drink at all. Um, I never really enjoyed the flavor of alcohol. Um, my grandfather passed away in uh, the summer of 98. Um, and his passing, uh, part of the way that my family dealt with the grief was we all got together and, and we drank. So, in that process, um, I began drinking. Uh, rum and Coke was the, the drink of choice, and and that's what I drank. Um, and I would have an occasional rum and Coke. Um, 
It was never anything that was an addictive thing for me, but uh, in 99, I just decided it was something I wanted to be done with, and in the summer of 99, I left alcohol alone, and <clears throat> I've not had another drink um, since then, so it's it's been a long time. Um, even now, with all this, the sleep disorder issues I have, I've still not tried to use alcohol to address them. I've tried to address them uh, through other means, and um, but again, that all goes back to that, that time, uh, when my wife and I lived in that married student house. And I remember that, that she used to like this, uh, she was, she had two shows. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember the first one. It was a hospital show ER. I think that's what it had George Clooney and, and that whole cast in it. Uh, she watched ER and she watched Allie McBill. Those were her two shows. Mine was baseball and wrestling and wrestling is what I talk about today in the podcast um uh the rock was one of my favorite wrestlers he always left me uh, just laughing he was so much fun to watch um he was truly electrifying as an entertainer uh you know he's gone on to do so many movies that are uh hilarious uh or at least to me they are I I enjoy um I enjoy his performances. He's uh, a hilarious individual. Um, but I would always love it. You would hear his music start playing. Um, you know, The Rock said, know your damn role. And uh, it just, uh, that just that's always just stuck with me. Um, every time I see him, I, I think back to watching him in the wrestling ring. Uh, and he was definitely uh, fun to watch and a funny individual and unfortunately i became the jabroni uh, during this snowstorm i let my anxiety get the better of me um i lost that battle and you know so many especially guys we we hate to admit when we fail it it makes us angry and irritable it makes us unreasonable uh when we are dealing with our own failure uh Failure is something that is very powerful in a guy's life. We we tend to allow our failures to define us. Um, and unfortunately for so many men, they never escape from that trap. They remain defined by the, their failure. They are, they see themselves as a drug addict being defined by their failure or a sex addict being defined by that failure or an alcoholic being defined by that failure or an abuser defined by that failure. Uh, we tend to allow our failures to define us. And because we can't handle a failure, like maybe losing a job or losing a relationship, we run to our substances to try to salve ourselves uh, when we have failure, uh, to try to, to put a topical ointment on the wound so that we don't have to have an exposed scar. Because our failures scar us. That's why they wind up defining us. But what I want to talk about, especially since we talk about dealing with my own failure and anxiety and, and how 
I was kicking myself around and I still am kicking myself around for having lost that, that, that few day stretch with anxiety. Um, I have to realize that I can't let that failure define me. Um, instead I need to take that failure. I need to examine it and I need to learn from it. You see, there is a lot of power available for us when we simply stop and face our failure. We run from failure. We're afraid of failure. I know so many men who never step out or branch out or try something new because they're afraid of failing at it. We don't face failure very well at all. And we really need to. Uh, learning to face our failure, learning to look at that failure and examine that failure and see what we did wrong and what we can do right in the next situation, the next time that type of failure rears its ugly head at us, gives us a strength and a confidence that we can face challenges that maybe we never thought we could face before. You know, my failure with anxiety this time caused me to stop and examine, you know, what can I do differently the next time I'm trapped? The next time my trap anxiety rears its ugly head. And what I was led to do was what I wrote about. You know, the first thing I have to do is I just have to cast it away. I have to let it go. I have to stop letting the anxiety control me and just let go of it. And then I've got to, once I've let it go, I've got to leave it there. But because of the way we're wired and the way we're made, we have to replace that anxiety with something or it's going to come back. And I find effective for myself replacing that anxiety with just thanksgiving. Instead of focusing on all the negatives that are pointing me toward anxiety, I start instead focusing on the positives to refocus my mind on positivity so that the negativity of anxiety can't win. So once I've cast it away and I've gotten rid of it, I've let it go, as Disney says. Once I've let it go and I've begun focusing on the positive things, I've just got to relax. I've got to rest in that peace that I get from the positive because positive things will bring peace. Now, the one thing that I have found that's effective for myself is breathing techniques. Taking long, slow, deep breaths in and long, slow exhales. Breathing in the positive thoughts and exhaling the negative anxiety. And, and repeating that process until I have relaxed, until I have calmed down. But that's all part of my process, and, and I share that with you today because, number one, I want you to learn to face your failure. Because I believe that when you face your failure, you will do, number two, you will learn from your failure. Which will bring you to number three, you'll have the confidence to face whatever is next. Whether it's another round of anxiety, whether it's jumping into a new challenge or doing that new thing, I want you to have the confidence to face those things knowing that you can be successful, and that your failure doesn't define you. So please take that today. Your failure does not define you. Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. I hope it has been a blessing. And until next time, grace and peace.